0: good morning everyone and welcome to stocks and coffee i'm travis your stock geek today is wednesday january 4th 2023 U.S. stocks are up this morning, although it's been a pretty choppy trading session. Stocks started the day up, then turned down after some key manufacturing reports and jobs reports came out, but then stocks did recover. The S&P 500 is currently up about 1%, the NASDAQ is up 1%, and the Russell Index is up about 1.7%. In commodities, crude is down 4% to $73 a barrel, natural gas bouncing just a little bit on the metals. Gold is up 1% and silver is up 0.3%, mainly due to a little bit of weakness in the US dollar today. Copper's down 1%. I believe the weakness in crude and copper and some of the choppiness in stocks today is due to the release of the ISM manufacturing report, which showed continued weakness in the manufacturing sectors in the month of December. The US ISM manufacturing reading was 48.4, indicating overall contraction in manufacturing. That is the seventh month of deceleration in that index as well. New order production, backlog, and prices are all contracting according to the ISM manufacturing report. A decline in prices paid by manufacturers is overall a good thing because manufacturers have been contending with inflation and cost of goods rising last year. However, the pullback in new orders, backlog, and production are obviously a negative. Even though the U.S. economy is more services-based than manufacturing-based, the pullback in manufacturing activity does often correlate with the decline in GDP because it can often portend a decline in consumer spending. So it is something to watch, and a lot of people do believe that this decline in ISM manufacturing will lead to a decline in the economy and possible recession going into later 2023. That is becoming actually a pretty consensus view out there among Wall Street strategists. So in a few minutes, I'm going to talk about some of the Wall Street strategists' forecasts for 2023. I'm going to go through some of the reports that they put out at the end of 2022, But first, we'll check in on some individual stocks. So far, early gainers today include the Chinese stocks, which are continuing their run leading up to the reopening of the Chinese economy. There's a lot of optimism here with the China reopening trade. Alibaba stock up 8%, Baidu up 7%, JD up 10%, NIO up 7%, and many others. We see new highs in some of the casino stocks like Las Vegas Sands and Melco, which have exposure to China. We also see new highs in Trip.com, the big booking site out of China, as well as Tencent Music and other others. Coinbase stock is also up 10% today. There's a little bit of a bounce in Bitcoin and Ethereum, but also Coinbase reached a $100 million settlement with the New York State Department of Financial Services. That regulator had alleged that Coinbase allowed some users to open accounts without conducting background checks. So that wraps up some regulatory headwinds for Coinbase. Memory manufacturer Micron, ticker symbol MU, is up about 6% today after getting an upgrade from a South Korean analyst. That analyst believes that we could be closer to a bottom in the current down cycle with memory production. However, Micron just put out some pretty ugly guidance just a couple of weeks ago, so I'd be surprised if we're getting close to the bottom yet in the current memory cycle. Moving over to the loser side. Novix is down almost 40% today. The manufacturer of silicon anode lithium batteries announced that they would have a delay in producing out of their new next-gen manufacturing facility. So they're dealing with some production issues, and the stock has taken a steep decline because of that. Interestingly, Microsoft is down 5% today after receiving an analyst downgrade. That's also despite the fact that Microsoft has some news out today regarding their Bing search engine. It's rumored that Microsoft is building a version of Bing using OpenAI's ChatGPT, the conversational language model that's used to simulate human conversations. That's been a huge, massive viral hit over the past month or two, and Microsoft building that into Bing could potentially vault Bing up in the market share rankings against Google search over time if it's successful. So despite that the analyst downgrade is pushing microsoft down i personally think microsoft is pretty well positioned even going into a recession their businesses are so sticky you've got divisions like office 365 windows xbox azure github the search business that are all relatively resilient And if it got down to a below market multiple, say 17 times next year's earnings, that would probably be around a 180 share price from about 225 today. I'd be a buyer there. And in fact, I have a price alert set. So I'll get a text message if it drops below around 190 or so. I'm using an alpha version of a product called Trade Beacons, which I'll talk more about in the future. A buddy of mine is building that. and It's really cool because you'll be able to get alerts on certain stocks when they move by certain percentages or below certain levels or above certain levels. So I think it's going to be a really cool product. One other thing to keep on your radar today is the meeting minutes from the last Fed meeting in December come out today, so we'll get a little bit more context as to what the Fed members were thinking when they set rates back in December, and may give us some indication as to what the Fed is likely to do at the next January and March meetings as well. So that could be a market-moving event later this afternoon, although I don't expect it to be that much of a game-changer, but keep an eye out there for that, and I'll report on it tomorrow as well. All right, well, let's talk... 2023 macro forecast. A lot of the big Wall Street banks and asset management firms put out these high-level forecasts indicating what they think will happen with the US and global economies for the given calendar year. They do that typically at the end of the prior calendar year. So in late 2022, we saw the firms putting out their 2023 forecast, and I spent last weekend going through a lot of those reports. So I'll call out the broad themes, themes that I saw across many of these reports. These I would call consensus themes. Most of the Wall Street forecasters think that inflation will cool in calendar year 2023. That's kind of an obvious one because it's already happening based on the last few CPI reports. And even just today, we're seeing another lower than expected inflation number out of France, for instance. We saw the same in Germany earlier this week. So a lot of the strategists think inflation will cool. They also think that the global economy will weaken, and we have seen weakening already starting in some areas. A lot of the strategists believe that stocks or equities, as they call them, are still poised for downside due to an earnings decline this year. I've talked a lot about that, about how last year's decline in stocks was mostly due to valuation multiple compression. And this year, we could see a little bit more downside or maybe even significant downside in stocks that have earnings decline due to recession or weakening economies. So, strategists believe that stocks are poised for more weakness generally. And strategists, interestingly, are now very interested in bonds. They think government bonds and corporate bonds are now looking more attractive after two down years. So a lot of the strategists believe that the worst is over for bonds as an asset class. Although they do favor more investment grade and government credits, they think that bond yields could peak and that as yields come down and bond prices increase, we could see positive returns in bonds once again. In general, Wall Street strategists are taking a very conservative stance, not only liking bonds, but also favoring defensive stocks in sectors like consumer staples and healthcare. One area that these Wall Street strategists like outside of defensive sectors is alternative energy, energy transition, and climate infrastructure stocks. Because of the Repower Initiative in Europe and the Inflation Reduction Act in the U.S., there's going to be hundreds of billions of dollars put into alternative energy energy infrastructure spending over the next five to ten years across Europe and North America And so riding that wave is a big theme here for a lot of these strategists. So those are the broad consensus viewpoints that I found across a lot of the reports from these Wall Street strategists. Now, it's important to remember that a lot of really good returns can be made by going against consensus when the consensus is wrong. So for instance, a lot of these Wall Street analysts believe that healthcare is going to be a great sector in 2023 because it's defensive and people need it and consumers will have to spend on healthcare. However, when I look at things like healthcare insurers like United health, et cetera, those had such a run in 2022 that I would be surprised if they can repeat that performance in 2023 because the valuation multiples have become very stretched. So that would be an area where I would be willing to go against the consensus, for instance. It's also worth noting that the forecast of Wall Street analysts is often wrong because they tend to cluster around a very narrow viewpoint, and also they tend to miss turning points in the macro economy. In any case, let's dive into some of the more specific forecasts from each firm. So at Goldman, the strategists believe that the U.S. will narrowly avoid recession. They do think the peak federal funds rate will peak out at around 5 to 5.25%, which is, I think, about 75 basis points above where we are now. They don't think there will be any rate cuts from the Federal Reserve in 2023, and that is despite the fact that they do think the euro area in the U.K. will be in a mild recession. They think the ECB rates will peak at about 3%, so lower than the U.S. because of the those recessions. They also think that there will be a reopening boom in China in the second half of the year. Duh, that's already playing out in the stocks as we can see today. They also think that there will be resilience in Brazil and other emerging markets that have exposure to a lot of physical commodities and areas like that. So their overall US GDP forecast is for US GDP to grow 1% in 2023 and for global GDP to grow 1.8%. Moving to the forecast from J.P. Morgan's macro forecasters, they believe that there will be mild recession across developed economies in 2023. So unlike Goldman, they do believe that the U.S. will have at least a mild recession this year. They think the peak federal funds rate will peak out at 45 to 5%, again, lower than Goldman because of that recession hitting quicker. They believe that ECB will peak rates at around 25 to 3%, so slightly below Goldman as well. J.P. Morgan's bullish on bonds, and they're rather bearish on stocks. They think earnings estimates are too high. They do think that the market is already starting to factor this in, particularly in value stocks. So they do like value stocks as a sector within the market that could perform okay. They've pointed out that the market doesn't usually bottom before unemployment increases and the Fed starts cutting rates But they also made the point that the stock market has also declined more than usual prior to job losses happening. So interesting points there. They also think that emerging market equities look cheap from a valuation perspective, somewhat similar to Goldman. Citigroup was among the more bearish of the Wall Street strategists. They think that U.S. unemployment will go over 5% in 2023. They think that corporate earnings will fall more than 10%. And they actually think the Fed will start cutting rates later in 2023 due to a recession developing. Moving over to the macro forecast from Credit Suisse, Their analysts think that fixed income will become attractive again, so bonds will once again see positive returns as inflation peaks. They think stocks will be volatile in the first half of the year due to a slowing economy and weakening corporate earnings. The Credit Suisse forecasters don't think that any developed market central banks like the Fed or ECB will cut rates in 2023. They do think that GDP growth globally will be below trend for the next five-year period, so they're taking a little bit longer-term bearish view here. Credit Suisse analysts also think that defensive sectors such as healthcare and alternative energy infrastructure will perform best within stock markets, and they also expect the U.S. dollar to remain strong in 2023. Deutsche Bank macro analysts think that GDP growth will slow this year, but it may not mean lower stock markets. In fact, they think that stocks could have a good but not great year, so perhaps mid-single-digit percentage returns overall. They do think that there will be more stable bond yields, so less volatility in bonds, and that could also lead to lower stock market volatility. Deutsche Bank analysts also think that the euro could rise against the U.S. dollar this year, and they think it will be a pretty good year for Asia as the Chinese economy recovers. They think there's opportunity in energy transition and energy infrastructure areas of the market. They're forecasting U.S. GDP growth of 0.4% and global GDP growth of 2.8%. Wells Fargo macro analysts, also pretty bearish. They did point out that bonds have never been down three years in a row, so they are positive on bonds as interest rates peak this year. But they do expect a U.S. recession in the first half of 2023 and a global economic slowdown due to the lagged effects of central bank rate hikes. They expect corporate earnings to decline, but they think that the market could start to gain in the later parts of 2023 as a recovery in the global economy is anticipated for 2024. They think that the upward trajectory of the US dollar will slow this year. They think that US Treasury yields will decline. They think that energy stocks could do well and real estate stocks will underperform. Their GDP growth estimate for the US is negative 1.3%, relatively bearish but their global GDP growth estimate is positive 0.9%. They expect the federal funds rate to peak at just above 4.5% in early 2023 and then decline to 3.5% to 3.75% by the end of 2023. So they are expecting the Fed to start cutting rates by later parts of 2023. They also said that their crude oil year-end target is 100 to 120 per barrel and their year-end S&P target is 4,300 to 4,500. So that's actually relatively bullish compared to some of the other forecasts when it comes to U.S. stocks by the end of the year. So while Wells Fargo believes the economy will remain weak for full year calendar 2023, they think the Fed cuts towards the end of the year will create a positive return for equities overall. It's an interesting forecast. The strategists from asset manager BlackRock think that stock valuations and earnings estimates currently don't reflect the economic damage ahead. They're pretty bearish overall. They are positive on short-term government bonds, mortgage-backed securities, and investment-grade credit, but they are underweight longer-term government bonds and developed market stocks. They also expect persistent inflation due to an aging workforce, so they have a higher for longer forecast for inflation. Strategists from HSBC are underweight stocks as they expect earnings growth to slow further this year, and they do favor defensive sectors, but also US stocks over European stocks, and they are positive on Chinese stocks as well. They're pretty neutral on the US dollar overall, and they are overweight short to medium-term bonds, and they like bonds overall. They think that the markets could actually bottom and recover in late 2023. That's similar to a couple of the other forecasts out there, like Wells Fargo, for instance. So those are my main notes and highlights from the reports that I had access to. It's always interesting to think how our viewpoints might differ and where consensus could be wrong. It's also worth pointing out that these large banks and asset managers have a ton of people and different divisions working within them. And so these really just represent the views of a few macro strategists at the firm. I wouldn't say, for instance, that Goldman Sachs, the entire company, believes this or is positioned in this way for this outcome. It's always important to keep in mind that these reports are written by just a handful of people within the firm. So keep that in mind. And I hope this was helpful. If you have any other questions about these reports, hit me up at StockGeekTV on Twitter. Hope you have a great rest of your Wednesday, everyone. I'll see you all tomorrow. Cheers.